0: What's up, boss? How you doing? Yeah. What's good in the hood? Just holding it down, trying to take care of business. Keep it up.
1: Floor Spacers.
0: Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the 22nd episode of... Yo, I forgot. Uh, What is this show called, here? Uh, Spacers? Floor what what space is like teeth space or something what is it
2: mm, i think it's the floor Some space.
1: basketball i don't know steve you mean like the floor when you space i think out it has a rhyme to it piece out the
0: tiles is that what you're talking about
2: uh i think i think that's what i'm talking about yeah that's usually what comes up when you search on youtube
0: yeah that is true um so i mean i usually prefer like marble or you know marble flooring that's just me though because i think that's you know that's really, you know, what it is. But um, thank you everyone for tuning in. And that was really, you know, our take on, on flooring. So um hope you enjoyed. Please uh pretty stay tuned good. for the actual podcast. Wow. Uh the four spaces podcast, of course. Uh we were talking about basketball uh, on a weekly basis. Um no, we don't because we don't stick to our words so personally we just gotta do better. Um but the truth of the situation, guys, is that uh the NBA finals are here. Uh game one has already happened uh, on Thursday night. It was a very, very Very, 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 very fun game. Um, I think, you know, we were all kind of excited because this is a true matchup where everyone feels like, you know, both teams could really, you know, play their games and, you know, it can either go both way or either way. So um, we can't wait. And game one was like hopefully like a glimpse of what we're going to see ahead where it's going to be like a really tight back and forth. Um, And uh, yeah, guys, goes well for a dope. The, I mean, if you guys just want to – if you want to stop talking about the game in itself, right. Um, actually, do you want to start with the, the conference recap or
1: uh, – We can do it real quick, brief,
0: yeah. All right, well, regard, before that, uh, so the two teams, Golden State Warriors and Boston Celtics, how did we get here? Uh, the Golden State Warriors uh, defeated the uh, – well, I mean, I'm not going to say. Actually, you know what? I'm going to keep respectful. respectful. Um, you know, they, they went up against the Luka Mavericks – <laughs> Luca Mavericks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Um, it was a very, very fun se- uh, series. I think, you know, coming into it, you know, we all kind of speculated that, uh, you know, it's probably going to be like a much more closer series than everyone would, you know, give him credit. Um, and I mean, unfortunately, I guess like the take didn't really like age too, quote unquote, well, um, because I guess like, you know, the Warriors just did what they, you know, do. Um, and, you know, they kind of, you know, put out all stops. And then they kind of, you know, put the clamps on Luka, I think. You know, Wiggins kind of did his thing. Um, I mean, like basically all the role players. Like even we were talking, I see, we talking about it. Like Vialita was like, you know, coming alive, and he's like hitting threes and playing really good defense and all that. He and played
2: like the whole series, and then those games uh, four and five, Steve Kerr just starts going with him again, and he just out of nowhere starts playing really good defense. Like he's moving the ball, like like kind of how we saw him play like the first couple of games of the season. We were like, oh, this is a really great pickup for them. He fits their system so well. And they just kind of like fizzled off.
0: Of yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, hold up. You said Steve Kerr. Uh, what? Who's this son again?
2: Um, I think they said it on the broadcast.
0: Yeah. Remember? Do you remember his name though? I can't.
1: Rick Lydon?
2: Yep. That was it.
0: Was it? I mean, Maybe. His last name's Lydon, and his dad's last name is Kerr. So I don't, I don't think... know.
1: Maybe it's the middle name. Shout out! Shout out, Rick though. Team up after
0: this. Shout if out Ricky. You're listening. Shout out Ricky, yes sir. Uh, we about to go live on uh on Twitch to you know stream our team up games. So as a floor space, just take some e gaming. I mean e sports. So uh, stay tuned for that. But that's later. That's a later announcement. <laughs> e gaming. <yeah. laughs> um, but uh, yeah. No, like I said, I think like everyone was able to come in and you know kind of help um dispatch the Mavericks. And then you know we saw uh a very I guess valiant effort in game four um by Dallas and um you know Luca kind of did his thing. But unfortunately, you know, it's just more like a gentleman sweep. Like, you know, um, the Warriors took care of business the next game. So, um, I, yeah, man, I, mean, I had a lot of fun. I think it was a good series. Um, yeah, I
2: agree. Like, I thought that that series – like, even though it was only five games, I still felt like that was the more entertaining of the two series in terms of, like, quality of the games mm-hmm. because
1: – Well, the Boston Oh um, my a bad. No, I was going to say – I was going to say like
2: that. The, the Boston-Miami series was, like – Back and forth, just taking turns, blowing each other out. Up until yeah. at least the, the game six and seven right. were really good games, at least. Yeah. But yeah, before that, it was just like a really, it was really hard getting through some of those games because they were over by like the end of the first or the beginning of the second quarter. Like that one game, Miami scored like one point through seven minutes in the game. It's just, it's not neither one of those teams were uh, cons- very consistent offensively throughout that series, and but. This Golden State Dallas series, I thought it was really entertaining, just watching and seeing Luca do his thing. Uh, the role players, it, it was basically just came down to if the role players played well or not, if they were hitting their shots. And unfortunately, they only really did one out of those games.
1: Yeah, like the, like the boss. I would like, I would have liked to see like Luca win a ring, but I, that team still has any, needs its improvements around like roster voting but like the like backtracking in the Boston and Miami series like we had that meme where it was like oh man uh I hope this game is going to be entertaining or it's not going to be like a 30 point blowout before halftime which I didn't I didn't mind because hey I mean I wish Miami won but uh that didn't happen and I mean yeah I, I these finals like the game one of the finals I mean, I, I don't have much to say about the conference finals. It was fine. Uh, it's the two expected teams, and uh, also I guess like the most anticipated two teams because their skill sets kind of match each other. So it's like a good finals matchup. But uh, I guess like transitioning into game one, they Warriors came out like it. They well, not I, I'd say Curry came out more hotter than ever. He had like twenty one. The first quarter. Yeah, the first looking the
0: 20. finals. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, go off my bed. <laughs> That's Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, he had twenty something the, the first quarter, twenty-one, I think, and then like that it was just the the main concern was that they were he was doing that the warriors stole out only by like what eight points, seven points, and it wasn't that big of a, a margin, which mm-hmm. was a cause for concern. And they did that while Tatum was having an off like pretty off game but you know dylan brooks and marcus smart and al horford i want to turn into three-point specialists like curry uh but you know i feel like it was a in terms of like entertainment it was good because it came down to the wire until like you know the last couple of bands where they ended off on a 40 to 16 run in the fourth quarter celtics did so I, th- I feel like it's going to be – I feel like we can expect a six or seven-game series in this in this finals to me.
2: I agree. And one thing I do want to say is, especially in that uh, Miami series, it seemed like a lot of times when Boston was behind in those games, uh, they didn't really have, like, the, the offensive firepower to fight their way back, especially down double digits going into the fourth quarter. But yeah. that fourth-quarter effort by – Tatum wasn't scoring the ball that game he was like I think he finished three for 17 something like that but his playmaking was incredible he finished with like 13 assists and two turnovers which is like I wouldn't be surprised if that was his career high and you know like you said Derek White Al Horford Marcus Smart were just three point marksmen they combined 15 for 23 for the game they started off the fourth quarter like eight for nine from three and it was just ridiculous they go on that 40-16 run to end the game and get the win against Golden State. Uh, Steph Curry yeah. came into the game. The first quarter was ballistic at six threes. He only made one the rest of the game, I'm pretty sure. So they kind of – I think I think a big reason for that was because they were dropping in that first quarter th- for uh, most of their screens with Robert Williams. And then the second half, uh, they started switching a lot more, just letting Rob uh, guard the perimeter a little bit more, which he wasn't really used to doing, especially after the injury. And, you know, th- obviously when you're defending – amazing elite three-point shooters that's going to go a long way for you uh defensively
0: yeah no um yeah great yeah. point I feel like uh I mean a lot of I'll give a lot of credit to uh, Jalen Brown for what he did in the fourth quarter yesterday uh because I feel like he really kind of like you know lit the the fire I guess so to speak when they're you know down like what like 14 or whatever um it's so kind of just seeing like him kind of be aggressive with it taking into the basket you know take his uh, pull-up shots and all that I thought that was really good and um Yeah, and I think what we saw from, like, Derek White, bro, like, he was just, like, shooting it. You know what I mean? Like, everything he had, he was just taking it. And, like, it was
2: a clean switch. He had a kid. What was that? Yeah. I said he had a kid. It's just tradition at this point. Van Vliet. uh, Someone – I forget who it was last year. Somebody, I think somebody else last year had a kid and then started going off. So, it's just basically, like, a a thing at this point.
0: Yeah, right. I feel like he's getting ready to, you know, be a dad. Uh, So, he's going to son people on the court.
1: Oh, Mark Jones. I could use that. He could use that line next game.
0: Yeah, yeah, facts. <laughs> I um, definitely see it. Um, but no, that's what I'm saying. I feel like, um, yeah, like, like, like what Aaron said. Like, and then also like Al Horford making you know the plays that he did, you know, down the stretch. Um, I, mean, I think that was really cool. And I think, like, I mean, like, I think, like, because you know, we were we were at Steve's house watching the game, and I think it was, I mean, it was crazy because obviously like Steph was going crazy and doing doing his thing, um, and then Otto was doing doing his thing. But the crazy thing is, it's like. For a good majority of the game, even though the Warriors were, like, being really pulling the offense, like, the Celtics were still within, what, like, four points, three points, like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, they were still within, like, arm's reach, even though, like, they you know, they were popping off, and I feel like that was really cool.
2: They had had the lead at halftime, too, but then the Warriors, like, just came out in the third quarter and were just firing away. Exactly. Wiggins had the most quiet 20-point game ever. Like, obviously, his defense on Tatum was incredible, Mm -hmm. but I did at the end of the game, I saw Wiggins at 20, and I didn't even – like, yeah. I didn't really remember him doing much offensively. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I remember yeah. he,
0: had, like, he had, like, two threes and a layup and, like, some other – like, you know, like a mid-range shot or something like that. I was like, yeah, how the hell is he that 20? But, um, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I feel like that, that back-and-forth, like, high-octane action that we saw so far from game one, I feel like, um, again, hopefully that's a representative, representation of what we're going to see in the future. But um, definitely very promising just because it's, like, it really shows – like I said, like, it really just shows that the, both of these teams can – um, like play their own style, and like you know what I mean, either one come out of top, you know what I mean. Um, but I'm definitely excited for the series though. I think mean, I had a lot of fun, and game two, unfortunately, is tomorrow. It's like a whole you know, two day gap. Um, which I mean, we were talking about it too. I think it's funny because like we went from having basketball every day to like it's like a two day break, three days no, yeah, 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 two, three days break. It's like it's it's annoying, but that's what it is. And then after that, it's going to be like the draft, but there's going to be like a little bit of a couple of days of like a cushion between that and then it's going to be the off season mm-hmm. and then summer league and then the next season and all that, bro. Like, honestly, I can't wait. I'm excited, but like, it's crazy how fast everything's going. And
2: uh, it's, like, I feel it's, like these playoffs went by faster than, like, I feel like obviously every playoff, like I enjoy every playoffs, but I don't know, even, even with the blowouts, I've really enjoyed these playoffs. Like, I feel like it's gone by so fast. I, I've, I think I've only missed like one or two games.
0: Yeah, no in facts. Exactly.
1: Um It's flown by a lot.
2: But, uh, yeah, like, a, I... one thing that surprised me in that game was the fact that uh, Boston and Golden State are in the league or the number one and number two defense for this regular season. And then this game one, I feel like, was very offensive-minded between both teams. Like, both teams shot – almost half their shots were threes. I think 81 out of the 163 shots in the game itself were three-pointers, which is kind of insane when you think about it. Yeah. But yeah. You know, it, it makes sense, though, because no, I don't really think either team went small for big stretches like we expected. But I guess Boston's definition of small. Like, they usually played Horford and Williams, two bigs. Horford was played a lot of center that game. but uh, well, Honestly, still, still I don't know how Williams. I feel about
0: Williams at the four. I don't know. Against Golden State well, what I don't what know. they do
2: is they have Horford defend Looney, and then they keep Will- Rob Williams on, uh, on whoever's in the corner, and they have him just kind of come in and help in the paint. That's kind of similar what the Warriors were doing with uh, Looney and Draymond for when the Celtics were playing their big lineups too.
0: Yeah, so no, like, for sure. I'm just saying I don't like I don't know. Like, I mean, I thought he could have been better. Honestly, uh, I mean, I gotta look at the stats, but I mean, he, had, he, had, he had a
2: better times. second half. He didn't. He didn't really play too much to be honest. I think he only played like 18 minutes, something like that. Yeah, right. But right. he was putting a lot of shots in the friend zone.
0: <laughs> that is. true. <laughs>
1: um, I think the biggest thing, honestly, for Golden State is just like. I think like that the most I think for me the most the biggest thing I saw was how like Clay just got so much slower it's like and he's not able to you know like create his, like get off the dribble like create his own shot and stuff like on the catch and shoot like you could you just really could see it and it's like I feel like they're going to need it to be able to win the series or like even Jordan Poole cuz I'm looking at Clay shot 6 for 14 Like overall but like you could just see how slow like he got which is really unfortunate like it's so it's what's the word like it pops out at you it's noticeable that and yeah that's the most noticeable thing you could see and that and you know like Wiggins Wiggins doing the thing but like I feel like you just need clay because Curry's gonna do his thing but like clay or like Jordan Poole like really catch fire and stretch the floor so like you don't have the pressure of doubling Curry, or you have more pressure on not to double Curry because you have to worry about those guys.
2: That's the thing. It was like if you had if you had all defensive uh, version of Clay Thompson, then you can run that Steph Curry Jordan Poole Clay Thompson uh, trio more often in, in those small lineups that people were uh, raving about in the first round. But you know Boston. They, they do a lot of attacking. Your worst defender on the floor. It's what they did in the Miami series and the Milwaukee series when Grace Now was on the floor or Gabe Vincent. But yeah, they're just gonna they're gonna seek out Poole in those lineups and they're just gonna attack him. And even even when Poole wasn't on the floor, like like you said, Aaron, uh, Jalen Brown did a lot of uh, attacking Clay and he, he was getting by him without too much trouble. So yeah, the, yeah, Clay's Clay's uh, declining defense has definitely been a factor in some of these games in the playoffs, but I don't know. I, I, I still feel like the Warriors are, are my pick to win the series, especially because of how well they, they are playing on the road. Boston's actually kind of struggled at home in these playoffs. I think they have a negative uh, home record, but uh, they're like eight and two on the road, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the series. I feel like it's going to be a chess match between Kara and Udoka. I've, I've been so impressed with Udoka in this playoff run. Yeah, no.
1: It's yeah, great I great hope team you're team. right because I'm sorry. No, it's just I hope you're right because, yikes! I can't win that series. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I, I didn't to you. I had to, I had to have my little, my little Boston hate restarted.
0: Oh, oh, oh. No, uh, that's a good point about Doka because I feel like, uh, like he's not scared to make like adjustments. You know what I mean? Like I think, uh, you know, I saw it today too on Twitter. I think it's like the fact that he kind of. I mean, didn't really pay Pritchard at all um, about the first half and then third quarter, and then he bought him out. Um, and he kind of just – I mean, he kind of did his thing. He, I mean, I, I was like, yo, where's the Pritchard minutes? You know what I mean? But he was kind of able to come out and, and do his thing and provide some energy. I think he might have hit a couple. Like, hit three, right? One, I think one or two or something. Yeah,
2: I think he had 8.6 rebounds at the end of the game. And yeah, so, like, he kind of – He was actually like, playing really good defense on Curry in that fourth quarter, I thought.
0: Yeah, he channeled Alvadova, so, like, you know what I mean? It's like – I mean, I I was really, like, I was really impressed by that. Like, it, it shows, like, I feel like, and especially in the finals where, like, everything is, like, on the line, I feel like if you're a coach, you need to kind of be able to throw some crazy stuff out there. You know what I mean? Like, no matter how weird it was, i like, that was kind of an issue with Ty Lue, um back at, like, when, you know, we were playing the Warriors. I feel like there was, like, like, for example, I honestly thought that Derrick Williams we could have played him a little bit more um, and try to use him as, like, more of, like, a, like a small ball four and then try to get him because like, he, he actually pretty good in defense that year. So like, I remember like, like, they're, like little stuff like that where I feel like, again, like, when like it's the, you know, end all be all, you know, series, it's the finals, you know what I mean? If you're a coach, you gotta, you gotta get something going, you know what I mean? Especially when the, you know, the Celtics were down and they were kind of losing a little bit of, you know, some momentum, like you, you can't be scared to kind of, you know, take over the lineups or try to uh, put in someone new. So um I definitely got to, you know, like tip my, tip my cap off. To, I don't know you got that right yes um to uh to my cat and um yeah no for real like I honestly like, like I said I think like Kerr and Doka gonna be like, a really good chess match between the two and then the two teams like the two elite defenses and then um you know two I guess like elite well yeah sure two elite uh ISO scorers in the half court with you know Brown and Tatum and then I mean, I even thought like you know Marcus Smart's been hitting his shots and all, all, all that, so that's cool. And then even for the Warriors, you know, it's like it's like it's Curry, uh, Clay. Like we've always we've been saying about we've been talking about Clay for the last couple of episodes now and how how weird he's he's kind of been um, in terms of um, his shot selection has been just been terrible. He doesn't have that same burst that he's used to have before. I mean, obviously understandable, but it's still, it's at, at times I feel like you know it's it's something that's. You can point out like watching film, like clay, like maybe want to chill over here. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's still moments where he does it. Like it's it's kind of weird. I don't really understand it, but um, but I mean he's still hitting timely shots, he's still doing the catch and shoot things. That's good, I guess. Um, Draymond, he didn't shoot too well, but his defense is still great. Um, but like I said, I think it I mean, I think everything that we expected to see so far um has happened. Um, especially in that game one, or well, only in the game one, because it's only the game one right now that only happened, but um yeah, no, I can't wait for the rest of the series. Like, I can't wait, like, really. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be great.
2: Um, uh, like yeah. like you were saying, kind of piggybacking off of that uh, Draymond shooting. I think he finished 2-for-12 two, two for, 12 for the game. Yeah, Boston was just kind of letting him shoot. They were leaving him open. Uh, he he would try to get to the rim, and there would be, like, either Horford or Williams would be down there. He's not really going to be able to score on them. He's not skilled enough to really yeah. um, create his own offense like that. So, I think that's going to be a key in uh, – is Draymond's going to have to if, – if, if the shots are coming to him, he's going to have to try to hit, knock them down. And I, I didn't really like I, – like I, like, I like seeing Iggy out there, obviously. It's good that he's back from injury. But I feel like at this point, having both him and Draymond, they're kind of redundant on the court together. They both kind of serve the same purpose at this point in their careers. So, I feel like you can't really play them together for long stretches like Kerr did in that game. Because I think it was the beginning of the second quarter when uh, Curry came out for, like, a six-minute stretch. That's kind of when Boston went on their run to come back into the game and take the lead at the end of the second quarter. But, yeah, like, those uh, iggy Draymond lineups, I mean, as good as they are defensively, and, like, they, they obviously run that Warrior-style offense where they're setting screens for guys off ball, uh, making the extra passes to a cutter. Like, they do all the things that Warriors offense um, – requires pretty much I guess for that system but I feel like at this point you can't really play them together because they're both going to be left open to shoot mm-hmm. and Iggy did hit a few shot big shots in the later in the game yeah. but yeah I don't, I don't I don't like that lineup. at least at least for the long stretches kind of like how Kerr had
0: right wait who
2: and I, do, and I think Curry should have definitely came back in earlier in that fourth quarter oh, He him yeah, not yeah. for way too long with stretch yeah no
0: definitely um wait I'm sorry wait Steve I didn't, I didn't hear you like Kerr who? Uh, who?
2: Who was it? Steve. Oh, Steve Curry. Michael Jordan's teammate. In oh, Chicago.
0: okay. What's his name again? Because I just realized we didn't just uh, figure it out yet.
2: Yeah, I don't remember. Someone let us know.
0: Yeah, someone let us know in the, in the comments, in the chat. Um, pretty popping chat so far, I think. Um, but uh, <laughs> what's it called? Um, <laughs> uh, Rockstar? I'm kidding. Uh but I guess uh moving on, Mr. Laker Boy, if you want to take away you know this uh breaking breaking news.
1: Oh yeah, we just had to announce it when the final started because we needed the attention. I love it. Yeah, but uh uh Mr. Ham. Uh First Mr. Darwin Ham. Yeah. Darwin, yes. Uh like the I like don't the, know, like I the mean the
0: evolution guy, Charles Darwin.
1: Yes, Charles Darwin Ham. There you go. That's his nickname from now on. Okay. But uh, I'm excited. I'm a, I am I, I didn't – I wasn't the biggest fan of letting Vogel go, but, I mean, he had his ups and downs, especially, like, this season. But, like, the, with the seasons before, I had no problem with him. But this season, it was kind of iffy. I still don't think it was fully his fault. But he, we needed a scapegoat, and I guess it was him. But thinking on the, the future side, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really know – Darvin Ham's like coaching style has much. yet. Yeah, I just know he's a a very tough dude. He doesn't he doesn't take he doesn't take any any crap from anyone. So uh, that's good. But I I don't we don't I don't think I we have those like discipline issues really. It I don't even know what half the roster is going to look like next year yet. That's another thing. But. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad. It's like a fresh start. We sent him to a four-year deal, which I was really surprised. That was the most surprising thing. was I didn't think we'd sign him for that long.
2: That's typically so like that what all coaches get, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that means that he's going to be here past LeBron, because LeBron like, I think he's going to be gone in 2024. I think we have like at least two years left because I think he's going to sign the extension for, like one plus one or something, mm-hmm. but it all depends on the Ronnie's situation because i think i definitely think he's gonna leave wherever he goes which is gonna be really interesting to see how that works out but i think we'll because so i mean i guess this means that he's gonna be here for past lebron so that that's just for the future i don't i don't know how uh terminating a contract goes i'm not going negative side but if we do like fire him or something how it's gonna work out but i mean yeah i'm for it. it's a new coach we've seen so many like new coaches like work out like Monty Williams and um, Udoka, like all those guys, had assistant co- like their assistant coaches for a while. They had a lot of experience, and their first time head coaching, they just they're thriving. So I, I'm hoping that's the same case for here. It uh, all de- it it I I really feel like it just mostly depends on what the roster is looking like because the whole Russ situation. I, I believe I think he's gonna stay. We can get into that too, but I, I think he's gonna stay because. Uh, which is, I mean, it's. It, I'm glad they're being smart about it, but not by not attaching any uh picks to the future picks for uh getting rid of them just for like not like mediocre players, but like players that like there's nothing game changing, like Buddy Hill and Malcolm Brogdon. Like, that would be that'd be great, but like I don't know, like you don't you don't know what's going to happen in 2027, 2029. Those first round picks is too risky, so
0: you don't draft my,
1: my best case shout out help coach uh, oh was it called uh, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm glad we're not packaging those picks in the future because that's just way too far you don't know what's going to happen but yeah. I think my prediction is that we're just going to keep Russ here for the year because there's no way he's not picking up that extension if he does if he doesn't pick up the extension then there's going to be a parade so uh, which I've Hope would happen, but uh, yeah, well, parade because you, you can't go anyway because you
0: don't, you never been to LA, so you can't go.
1: Speaking of, we should have still, should have our parade. We didn't have a you know, uh, parade yet.
2: I think it would be, so uh, like, you, have, you haven't really had like a, a great season to really celebrate off of for it. I feel like, I feel like if they had a parade yeah. some like this year, it's a win again, and there would just be like all these fans like, like throwing shit at them or something like that.
0: No, but at least they were still hype, yeah. like. After they won the championship, but they still like crowded LA. Like, remember that all the videos? Like, at least yeah. that's. So, I don't know.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, we'd have to win again to do it, but I don't know. I don't know when that's gonna happen. But either my my final thought on that, not my final thought, but my big thought on the this hiring, it's just it really just depends on the roster, and I I don't really know his coaching style too much. Like, if he's like a big, like a. I, I know I think he has like some a few like offensive schemes like run around uh one of the Bucks like run, run around Giannis and they have like I saw a video, it's like they space out the floor like one through four, they space it out, and there's like a guy running baseline. So I feel like he would use that baseline role for Russ, because Rob's not gonna space the floor with him. So but and get involved in that way. So I hope he just gets Russ involved in a positive way. And there's more of, like, a mesh this year. Like, maybe they had one year under their belt, and, you know, maybe they figure it out. But I don't have high hopes on that part, but I just hope that he finds a strategy that actually works. Because we haven't had, like, an offensive-minded coach in a long time. I want to see how that works. Yeah,
2: LeBron. You had Mike Dantel. Gans-
1: having- I mean, yeah, but I don't know. It didn't really work out that much, did it?
2: I. Uh- I don't mind I like the signing for the Lakers. Like, you know, something fresh. Uh like someone we've never really seen and have a head coaching role before. He uh I know I don't know too much about like his his uh his schemes or anything like that, but I do know that a lot of like he's been like pretty much deemed the top assistant coach in the league for like the past few seasons now. Like every time the head coaching vacancies come up, his name's always been mentioned. He's pretty high highly respected by other coaches and I know Giannis has said good things about him too. And uh, so, yeah, I expect him, like, you know, something new for the Lakers. I also didn't really, like, understand the vocal firing too, too much. Like, I, I, I guess I kind of get why they did it, but I didn't really think it was his fault in the, in the end. But, yeah, uh, what's it called? Uh, regarding the uh, – here's what I was going to say. I, I gathered my thought now. I was going to say, uh, how did you feel about Charles Barkley's comments about the Ham signing, like him <laughs> saying that the coach shouldn't be too young even though Darvin Ham's like 48, and there's like, I didn't at see least, that. There's, yeah, Charles Barkley said that uh, the your coach shouldn't be close to the same age as your players. But he's Darvin Ham is 48 years old, like 10 years older than LeBron, yeah. and he's he's old he's older than Ime Udoka is coaching in the finals right now. You know, yeah, Taylor Jenkins I, I, who led the Grizzlies to the second seed. He's 37. Like I don't, I didn't understand I that. About, I also all. forgot
1: about
0: that. Like I, that's
1: just I don't. I, I never heard – I didn't even hear that that even was said by Chuck. But uh, either way, if you have the experience and, like, you, like, you know, you have, like, that kind of pedigree, then I don't see the problem. Like, you can't be, like, 20. I mean, I I, I get what he's kind of saying, but I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like an old head kind of thing to say. Like, oh, like the league's, like, changing. You can't
2: be friends with your coach.
1: Yeah, like – I don't think it's gonna be that deep. Like, I, if I, if it was like a, if it was like a team that was like rebuilding and all these young guys and stuff, then maybe. But like, I don't know. It, it, we got LeBron, but I don't think it's gonna be that big of a problem.
2: Like Darvin Dar- has also be been like an assistant for like close to a decade now, so I think he's got the experience to you know kind of mm-hmm. take the next step up as a head coach. Yeah, no,
1: and and I feel like being awesome. that young. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Being, I feel like being that young, like, helps you out because you can relate to players and so. stuff.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I was just about to say that. I, was, I feel like because I heard, I think, somewhere that – I think Darwin's like, a really good uh, – I heard he's a really good players coach, I think. Um, but like, at least has, like, he has a pretty good experience doing that. And I feel like – I know I said it last year, but I feel like if anyone, I guess, is able to kind of, you know, get through to Russ, I feel like it might be someone like him. Um, which, I that, again, that's where, I guess, like, the age kind of comes into play a little bit um I was gonna say something about, about Vogel I guess real quick I think uh I don't really understand why people or I mean I mean I guess I understand why but at the same time like if I was the Lakers I would try to like I would have tried to relegate Vogel if he accepted it to like a like a like a Freddie Kitchens type role you know DC real quick no um,
1: way
0: would have done that I don't know if you No, I don't, I don't know if you like it pizza to but at the same time yeah. like you know what I mean because he's a really good defensive like you know mind after all um but you know, I mean, I'm, I'm that was just a quick like, a brief thought, but I feel like, um, yeah, we don't like you as a leader,
2: but we we would take this lesser role on our coaching staff. Yeah, I feel like that's just hey, dis- mean, disrespectful.
1: Yeah, that definitely is. I I would feel some kind of way being on that staff, like just got relegated to assistant coach or something. Um,
0: uh, no, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I'm just saying, like, do you want more rings or not? You know what I mean? But, um, but no, I mean, but overall, I mean, like, I mean, I agree, obviously, because. I can't say too, too much because I don't really know, like, you know, what he does. But, I mean, Aaron, I mean, good job on scouting plays. Didn't know you were capable of doing that. <laughs> Am I right? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Well, he doesn't
2: yeah. be watching the actual uh, playoff games, so he's got to be doing something else. Oh,
0: you're right. My bad, my bad. Um, but, no, that's true. I mean, yeah, I feel like – Yeah, we, what can I say? Yeah, yeah, Um, But I feel like, you know, bringing in, like, a fresh offensive mind, you know, like you said, like, I think that's what the Lakers really kind of missed because even, like, we talked about it, like, even last season when – you Know they made the play on play in tournament like their their offense was just brutal to watch, but their defense is still elite, you know what I mean? Like, they were still in a league defensive team, and even this year, like, obviously, they kind of fell off a cliff in terms of defense. Like, I feel like they were kind of let too many people go off. Like, like I remember like LaVert had like 42 or something like that, and then like they
1: fell of off people. Mount Everest, it's not a cliff, yeah. like Mount yeah. Everest, like Mount like, Everest, like,
2: like yeah, exactly. Like, I've never seen uh, Anthony dude. Davis so yeah. unengaged on defense in the season,
1: like that, exactly. Like, so it, frustrating, bro.
2: Yeah, that's what it's I'm saying. So I feel like,
0: like obviously having Vogel there is definitely very important for that. But at the same time, I feel like all the personnel they have and understand was at stake. So I wouldn't worry about defense too, too much. I feel like the offense was obviously the issue of the entire time. But um, um, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I feel like again, let's we'll see how it plays out. I guess um, this season again for Bron's sake, you know, and uh, I'm as an honorary Lakers fan, <laughs> you know what I mean. Hopefully, you know, it clicks. Um, but I mean, speaking of, uh, Lakers and their coaches, uh, boys, if you want to talk about, uh, a move that I guess caught me surprised by surprise, but I guess I'm kind of happy for is, uh, uh, ex Lakers coach, uh, Luke Walton, uh, signed with Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, as an assistant coach. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, like, I think I've been sitting for a while now. I think, um, I mean, I, I love JB. I think he's like a really good coach. I think, I mean, what I said earlier, like, he's probably just like a better version of, well, I guess like a defensive version of Darvin Ham. I think like in terms of like his player coaching ability, um, and the fact that he's been able to kind of install a system like just like that, um, like I'm definitely like you know very impressed with it. But the you know the fact of the matter is like, you know, as far as offense goes, he's not really the most I guess uh, you know um, smartest on that end. I'm not going to say smartest, but not really the most like innovative on that end. I guess is the better word. But um, I've been saying for a while that we needed an offensive mind um on our on our coaching staff, and um, I remember I really I really wanted the team to. Either trade, for, <laughs> either trade for or interview um, Mike D'Antoni um, or just like just someone that was just like, you know, just like just know what they were doing on, on the offensive end. Because um, I feel like there's like just so much that we can unlock on the offense, especially with, like, you know, Darius running the floor. I mean, run the or yeah, running the floor, running the offense, I guess, you know, calling in there and then trying to unlock, you know, Evan, try to get some off ball movement for Isaac and all that. So I feel like, you know, kind of getting a, a, like an offensive minded coach for in um, Luke Walton and this team, I think is definitely something we needed for a while now. And um I mean, I mean, obviously we know his track record as a head coach is not the greatest. We all understand that with the Kings and all that. It wasn't it wasn't the best. Um, you know, with the Lakers either. But the uh the truth is like he's actually a really good uh you know assistant coach and I think in wherever he went he was able to kind of install what he learned from, you know, um I think Phil Jackson and all that. And I think like in terms of like offense, like he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? And I feel like Overall, like I think it's a great signing for not. I mean, hopefully, great signing for us, but I think in terms of like the the this this, I guess, like the steps that we're trying to go to, like the vision that we're trying to you know instill, because I I feel like we have the the defense figured out, but the offense is like you know the other side of the ball, so we got to figure that out as well. And I think, like I said, it's a step in the right direction. And um, who we get in the draft hopefully should help with that as well, which we will definitely cover. Um, but yeah, Sean Roy, um, I love you. But what picks do you, you have again? Fourteen. Fourteen, My baby. 14. And, like, bro, a lot of the names that are available, like, I'm not mad at them. I'm Actually, it's funny because I, the way I approached it, I was like, you know what, like, I'm actually down to, you know, trade the 14th pick and then, like, package that with, like, LeVert and get, like, some, like, you know, vet return. But, um, honestly, like, I've been looking at all the names and I've, I've been liking them because a lot of them are, like, wings, play defense. Uh, most of them could shoot. Um, like they don't really have too many weaknesses, and I think I was telling Steve, like, um, like Jalen, Will- Jalen Williams has been climbing up, and I've been watching a lot of him recently. And um, there's just a lot of names, like you know what I mean. We'll talk about it later, but like more. It's a really wing
2: heavy draft in general.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what we need right now too. So I mean, it works out great for us. But um, I mean, before like, I, you know, that's the key
1: to success in this league. Now it's three and D wings,
0: exactly right. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying exactly take a guy like, you know, like Johnny Davis, like, you know what I mean? He can shoot, he can play defense. He also has like an off the dribble game. Like, like I said, I get, it. I'm sorry. We'll definitely talk about it more, but uh, before going too much, it's a tangent. I mean, how do you guys feel about the, the Luke Walton uh, signing?
2: I mean, I was just kind of indifferent towards it for now. Um, you know, obviously in Golden State, he was uh, – was a pretty good assistant oh he, golden
0: state too yeah yeah thank when, you yeah, i forgot about that yeah when
2: bad. uh steve kerr was out i think it was with sickness something like that uh he stepped in and they won a bunch of i think one like i think it was when they uh went on that like 23 24 win streak start the season or whatever i think that was that season yeah where uh, he stepped in it was. Head coach.
1: 73 wins yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah so you know as an assistant he's had some success in the past obviously with the kings and the lakers like as a head coach didn't go too well he kind of did uh he kind of did ruin I, I guess you could say he ruined that King's offensive scheme that Dave Yeager uh put into place. But I could see I could see like what he was I, I liked his thought process kind of, but he just didn't really have the personnel to do it. Like yeah. he, he was like if we're gonna make the playoffs, we need to like we can't just run uh we can't just run the fast break the whole game. We gotta know how to play in the half court as well. But you know, the Kings, they didn't really have the personnel to be a really good half court team. So it the it, it, uh, offense kind of took a took a dive that season, but you know I kind of you know p- putting with JB Bickerstaff should be should be fine. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I, until I see what happens, I'm kind of indifferent towards it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like you won't be able to notice. I mean, you won't be able to know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an assistant coaching role, so. I mean you could definitely see a difference, but there's not that much expectation to it. It's just like in the news, but it was definitely caught me off guard because I mean, because I didn't think Luke Walden had that kind of a a market, sort of say. And uh, I mean, maybe an assistant role is better than better than a head coaching role for him. Yeah. But you know, like I yeah, just remember like just, like, first-hand experience, like, back on the Laker days, he just had awful uh, – it was just a bad time. So, I don't want to, like, spread negativity, but, like, I'm sure, like, it's changed kind of. Like, mean, on the Kings, it wasn't really that great either, which made me an like, overall surprise that they like, – I forgot he existed, to be honest with you. But, like, I, I just – it's kind of weird that, like, the Cavs went after him. Maybe they saw something in him, like, you know, like, that could transform their team and help them out and mesh those guys together. So we can see what happens, but that just, it just caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting that at no. all.
0: Yeah, it definitely wasn't. did it, it was on the market. Yeah, no, facts. I feel like, cause I think I heard like some other teams were kind of interested in, him, right. I think, Um, but I mean, but like to Steve's point, I think it, it's also true. I feel like, cause he always had a good, I guess like idea in mind, but he never had the personal to pull it off. And again, like no yeah. us, uh, the 19 Lakers team or like even the Kings now, like, it's like, there's not really much you can do, I wouldn't say. Um, so I wouldn't, like, completely blame it on him. And I feel like – honestly, I feel like we have, you know, better offensive, like, pieces from top to bottom, um, you know, especially with the fact that, like, you know, we have, like, you know, off the dribble scores and all that. Like, we have, like, guys that can make the wrong offense. We have guys that can you know, compliment in an offense. Um, hopefully, like, even, you know, Dylan Wimler, who hasn't really, you know, found his footing yet. Hopefully, like, you know, a guy like Luke Walton can try to, you know, unlock him and um, – you know, I think at this point, like, I'm not trying to, like, hate on JB, but I feel like any offensive mind that can come in is, like, looking upgraded upgrade at this point just because, you know, kind of just need it. You know what I mean? We just kind of infusion of, like, just just like an actual, like, innovative offense where John there can B-Line. be – what was that? John B-line. Yeah, John B-line system, uh, which is the greatest system ever, which had me fooled for the first, like, couple of preseason games when we played, like, some random European team, and I thought we were going to be great. <laughs> uh, but – <laughs> uh, but no, I'm like honestly, like I said, like I think, um, like I said, I think he knows what he's doing offense. I, I I think it's just like the first time he has the the opportunity to kind of, I guess, like you know, pursue it. So, um, for me personally, like I'm kind of excited for it. It's definitely random and kind of weird. Um, I'm just hoping, like you know, it plays out, you know, the way that you know, we're hoping, but um, yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, but I guess moving on, um, to Sean Roy, um, I think Sean Roy a great person. Um, honestly, I think. You know, he's just beautiful, so it doesn't matter. How do you guys feel about that? Um, I agree. I shout definitely
2: out. think he's better than Sean Jacob. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So um, Shout out shout out SR. Shout out SR. You mean state route? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out Jeffrey. Uh and Young Thug too. Young Thug, uh for Young Thug. I mean, whoa, don't 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 indict me now. But uh King anyway. slime, we
2: hope you're we hope you make it out.
0: Thanks. Uh, all right. No so look, better. What was that?
1: So that's why Low Wayne's better.
0: Hey, you know what's crazy? I think me and Steve just, just uh, finalized that. Uh, we're going to let you go from uh, the podcast, uh, I think. Uh,
2: yeah, we're taking applications for a new third.
0: Yeah, after providing such an L-take, I don't think uh, that's feasible for this uh, uh, I platform. I mean,
1: Low Wayne can make music right now. Just saying, just saying, just saying.
0: Okay. Anyway, uh, moving on, I guess, to the final uh, piece of the conversation today. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently by Mr. Adam Silver himself, um, that, uh, the NBA is looking to shorten the NBA season from 82 to, I have no idea how many they're trying to do it to, but
2: I think um, think they've said like, it could be 78 or it could be like 72 if they do like the mid season tournament idea.
0: Oh yeah. That too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of how do I feel about it, me as a fan, I'm not a huge fan, (laughs) Get it? It's like a play. Wow, so yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, no, I'm saying like as like a fan because I think like the way I see the way I treat the NBA season is like all right, like it starts when I have classes, right, and it like winds down when you know school the school year and all that is like ending, right. Um, so the way it is right now, I'm probably fine with it. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's cool. I think it's chill. Um, I think. Yeah, obviously, I think the, the fan side of it, I think fans might rather receive, like, more regular season games. They're trying to enjoy a lot more, see their team a lot more often, you know what I mean? Obviously, that's that's us as fans, but um, there's been a lot of talk from the player standpoint in terms of, um, you know, how they won't rest and how 82 games are going to lead to a lot of injuries and all that, blah, blah, blah. And then there's also the issue of the NBA's, like, money, um, I guess, aspect where, you know, players have to sit out and they do load management, and then there's you know, national televised games that it's going to be like the bench versus the bench, um, and that's taking up a whole ESPN slot, you know what I mean, or an ABC slot or a TNT slot. And so I think – I don't know why I said I think. Uh, I think, you know, obviously the NBA has obviously incentive to do it. Um, as fans, like I don't want to see it happening either, but the thing is it's obviously like the, the players are definitely in the whole – you know, that, they basically make up the league. They basically make it most of the, the the product, I guess um and you know you also got guys like Richard Jefferson couple of old heads being like nah like it was 82 for the beginning of time or since the beginning of time so it's like why change now you know what I mean so I think everyone has really like I guess like valid reasons um but since I'm not affiliated with the league I mean hopefully I might be I mean hopefully we might be (laughs) but I mean just as a fan just like a general speak I think I think I'd rather just you know see it stay uh stay at 82 games um but as is me you dig but uh
2: I mean, I yeah, know. like you said, as a diehard, I would like the, as many games as possible, of course. But I saw a good point that some people have made on Twitter earlier where they were saying that, you know, if you can actually prove that this will keep players healthy and will, like, kind of prevent them from load managing throughout the season more often, if they, if they could, like, somehow eliminate, like, a lot of the back-to-back backs uh, teams that play throughout the season. Then I guess I could see it from like a quality over quantity perspective. I guess, like you said, like a lot of the times there will be like a national TV game where one or multiple stars won't even be playing, and you know that's obviously not good for the product of, that the NBA is putting on a national uh, broadcast. So it, I feel like if they could like maybe if they could bring it down and like to like seventy eight, like maybe seventy six games something like that, then and then they can eliminate, like, the... I think teams, on average, have, like, what, like, 10 to 12 back-to-backs throughout the season? Something like that, something like that yeah. So if they could eliminate, like, half of those, and then if they can, like, prove, if they can somehow, like, determine that it will, in fact, eliminate a lot of the load management that star players face throughout the season, then I think, from a quality perspective, it might be better for the games. But obviously, like, I feel like I feel like regardless if they take it down or not, they're the star players are going to take some nights off. Mm. So you know, I, as a fan, I'd like to I like it to stay eighty two. Like I'll I'll watch the games regardless who's playing, of course. But I can understand why uh, the NBA would be thinking that way.
1: So for me, I have I I, I definitely agree with like the old heads. It's like. I didn't think about the school part, like I mean, I, I knew about it, but like I didn't really think of it this, in that way at, at like primarily. But like, I I feel like shortening the games. It's just like why? Like I you, it's been like this for so long, and I'm gonna go like a, a kind of like I kind of see a reasoning behind it, which I'll get into a little. But like, like it's been going on for so long, eighty two games. I don't see a problem. Like even with like the the uh, the playing tournament i was like why why do we need this it's like it's so we don't need it because what's wrong with the original format but like it kind of grew on me i guess it's whatever like i'm not the biggest fan of it but in the the midseason tournament which is i'm i don't see a point for it at all like that i don't get what the i feel like that's just too extra for me like 82 games like your final it's oh, like, i don't see what the point of changing that is and like like richard jefferson said it's like all of these legends before played 82 games and there wasn't this big of a problem. I feel like now with like, you know, it's like, I feel like it's just like the more like money involved and like all the star star, star power, more players have. It's like, that's really affecting their mindset. I feel like they're not like lazier, I guess, like, I don't, I don't know how to put it, but I, I, I don't know if you know what I mean. It's just like, why wasn't this a problem before? I feel like, I feel like the, the the star power and like the that money factor definitely took a a hit on it, and even like, I don't know how it would, how it would really, you know, change the injury fact because, pe- players still gonna get injured. It could happen any any minute, any second. I, eighty two games, like amount of games that affects it. Yeah, but like to really what extent? Like how much of a difference would this actually make? And also like. I can see, like, them complaining more now because, like, if you look at from now until, like, 2010, like, the games got so much more faster, fast-paced.
2: I was about to say
1: that. So I could see why, like, there's more injuries and more, you know, more fatigue overall around teams. I guess that's – I guess you could say, like, that's a valid reason why they want to shorten the games. But overall, other than that, like, if there's nothing wrong with 82 games, I don't see why you – like, fix it like it's been like this for so long you're like and richard jefferson definitely hit a like like definitely hit the nail on it it's like you're a professional athlete and you're you've expected this for so long and you go through it and you train for it it's like i don't see why you'd be complaining i mean like i don't see why you would have to change it just because of that you know what i mean
2: mm-hmm. like i do see like I- you you brought up a really good point about the pace and everything. Like I was going to say that when you were done, regardless. But yeah, like yeah. with the pace constantly increasing and increasing, uh, there's more possessions, which means more opportunities for injuries to happen, of course. And then also just the fact that the league now there's so many guys who are a lot more skilled than before. So there's a lot a lot of guys who are like expected to do more things on the floor than there were before. With just guys, just like a lot like usually three out of the five players on the on the team are just standing around in the corner. Or, or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I think those two things, plus the fact that you're, uh, plus the fact that the you're still playing eighty two games, like I feel like that's kind of a, a factor in that. As far as the traditional thing goes, like it, it, it if something's going to change for the better, like I'm not saying that that a decrease in the amount of games will be something for the better. Cause I'd still like to see eighty two personally, but just in general, like. Yeah, the whole idea that we have to follow this tradition, I think, is kind of BS in some ways. Like I could see it from the like a lot of people say that you don't want to bring down eighty two because because of like player accolades, like uh like scoring titles or whatever, games played accolades, whatever. But like I said, like a lot of the players take games off throughout the season now anyway, and typically the person who wins the scoring title isn't even like the 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 leading scorer like for total points throughout the season. Like I'm pretty sure DeRozan. Led in total points this season, and then Trey Young was second. Neither of them were, uh, neither of them were even close to to like Embiid or LeBron or Giannis in uh, points per game. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of like accolades, I don't even think it really affects it all that much. Anyway, so the whole idea that like we have to follow this tradition because of all this, uh, because of everything that's happened throughout the league the past however many years, I think that's kind of BS. Especially when you consider the fact that like. When, whenever new rules is implemented, that's kind of like the same thing. Like you can't say like, Oh, well, it's always been, it's always been this way. So we just have to keep doing that. Well, if it's going to change for the better, then you may as well try it out and see if it, see if it does make it better.
0: Yeah, no facts. Um, and I uh, was great, great point, gentlemen, of course. Um, but no, I definitely agree with that. I feel like the, the skill and the pace of play, I feel like has definitely a lot more to, you know, factored into it. Um, and there's also two things I wanted to add on real quick. I think a, um, I think the fact that, uh, well, I guess like the one thing I would say about the the, the season so far, well, at least this past season, maybe, the, I mean, I'm not talking about the year before, but this past season, um, I feel like there were a lot of times where, at least from the catch perspective, um, that we'd have like four games in six nights. You know what I mean? Like there was like instances where we'd have like just like a bunch of stretch of games in a very like, you know, it's like small time window. And I feel like, I mean, look, I mean, as a fan, I would love it, right? If they started maybe a bit sooner, you could probably eliminate some of that. You know what I mean? I feel like that has something to do with it because I think, you know, just – it's just stuff like that where I feel like it can really, like, wear people out, um, regardless if you're a star or a role player. It's just, like, if you're playing X amount of games within, like, you know, like five days. You know what I mean? I feel like it's just – it takes a toll on people. You know what I mean? And I think it's also, like, a scheduling issue that I feel like the, the league should look at because I think – I, me personally, I don't remember it from like, you know, like, you know, when I used to, I mean, the whole like LeBron years and all that, I feel like the games were evenly spaced out. I feel like, you know, if there was a game tonight, okay, I can wait two nights or a night. And then, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like, I don't know why, I I don't know if I'm tripping up, but I know, like this year, I kind of felt like that, right? I feel like it was just more like, okay, you have like four games, six nights, or, you know, then you have like a two-day break, and then you have like a back-to-back, and then you have like, You know what I mean? It's really weird. That's just me personally. That's what I thought, right? And another thing I wanted to say real quick is I feel like um, depending on where your team is at in the standings, a lot of teams slash stars, like, they don't even play the last, like like the last like five six games you know what I mean so like in reality goes from being like an 82 game season for them to like like a 76 season for you know what I mean it's like and for those last couple of games it's just like you know the coaches play their their bench and the third stringers trying to see you know what they can do and trying to get them in rhythm for the playoffs like it's just like it's technically already shortened anyway you know what I mean um so for the players I would say that like you know what I mean I would just say that but I feel like Overall, I feel like the NBA should definitely look at the, the scheduling of it because I feel like that's what might be contributing to more and more uh like fatigue, right? That's what I feel like. And I feel like look, if you gotta you know start it, if you gotta start the preseason or something, like late September, and then start the you know season like a week or two earlier, and then trying to bring everything out and trying to expand it instead of having like people like you know be on road and then like I said, like four games, six nights, and then two days off and then be home for two games and then go back to, you know, uh playing for the next three. You know what I mean? This is weird. I just think, like, I, I think the NBA should look at the, the schedule because I just, I just think, like, that that has been really weird as of recess, as, as, especially, especially this season. Last season was obviously like a bit of, like, a weird thing because it started December. But you know what I'm saying? Like, regardless, it's like I just don't really remember this being as much of a of, of a case, I guess, Um, in, in season past. But that could just be me. You know what I mean? That's just me. I mean, I don't know. I just – Maybe it's because a lot of things avalanche for us this season, but I'm just saying in general, I just feel like there's a lot of times, especially in the playoffs too, so I felt like, like there was a game every single night, you know what I mean? I could have sworn in the conference finals before, like, we had at least, like, you know, we play one game, and then, um, like, there would be, like, at least two days if we switch cities or whatever like that, you know what I mean? I thought, like, I thought I'm mistaken, you know, I, I, I swear that there was something, you know what I mean? I feel like the scheduling has been weird recently. That's just me, though. I just don't remember it from – from past seasons, but um, yeah, I don't know, Sean Roy. Once again, love you. Especially in the
2: playoffs, like up until until the finals right now, where it's like every two nights they have two nights of rest and then a game on the third day. Like before this, it was like every series rounds one through three was every other night you're playing, pretty much. Yeah. Other than, like some sometimes in the first round because there's so many games on, they would get two every now and then. But semi semifinals and conference finals, I feel like. Every team played every other day, regardless of, mm-hmm. like, if they, if it was a travel day, right. they would still they would uh, still be expected to play the next day. And I feel like that really affected the quality of a lot of these games, too. Exactly. And that's what probably, you
0: know, contributed. Like we said, like, that's probably what contributed to all the blowouts. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. guys are, like, flying back and forth. And it's like, bro, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, you're – okay, like, you know, um, Miami's – you know, they're playing Miami, like, the first two. And then, bam, they got to fly to Boston. Next night they're playing. You know what I mean? Like, how do you even practice between all that? Like, how do you even chill? You know what I mean? It's like it's just weird, in my opinion. Um, but especially
2: Memphis and Golden State too. Like Memphis is basically in the East, and then you gotta fly all the way out to California. Yeah,
0: Exa- yeah, ex- yeah, right. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, like it's it's weird. Like I don't understand it. Like I think league should look at that before they kind of you know officially be like, all right, we're gonna make it like seventy two games, or whatever. You know what I mean? But um, and then yeah, man, I don't know. But I mean, definitely be very interesting for sure. Um, it wouldn't would it be for this coming season if they move on it? It Probably
2: mean? not. I wouldn't. I, I think you gotta have at least like one season in between because, like, like yeah. Aaron said, the, the the tournament or whatever. Um, I think the earliest they could put that in is like twenty three, twenty four season or something like that.
1: Oh god, they always like wait a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. True. True. True.
0: Um.
1: Another thing I is mean, like they could just like shorten the preseason
2: also. I don't even think That's the preseason is that much of an issue to be honest. Like, what is there like? No, they could like like
1: shorten. No, not with that. Like they shorten to just like a couple games, like, and then they have more time in between. They don't have to pack everything in from October to
2: June. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's
0: very weird. Um, I think uh should be fun how I mean I mean I mean I think I think the coolest thing about all this is like we're in the middle of potentially like 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 NBA changing, like landscape changing, like rules and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, have you guys thought about it? Like, you know what you know what I mean? It's like like
1: yeah, honestly,
0: it's like you know, you're talking about like the old heads living through the draft going from like eight rounds to like two, and then like you know what I'm saying, yeah. like stuff like that, like expansion teams. Like now we might like see like a like a like a middle of the season tournament, like a shortened off season or a shortened, you know, regular season. Like I feel like that's pretty cool, you know what I mean? I think that's that's pretty tough in my opinion. But um
2: yeah, I thought about the other day too, where it's like uh I was thinking like you know, LeBron's probably got like maybe two or three seasons left, something like that then you got uh, KD is, what, 33, 34 now? Oh, I think so, yeah. Um, Harden is, yeah. like, 33, 34. And then even some guys like Dame, who was drafted, what, was he 2012? 2012, 2012 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I started watching, he was, like, in his first two to three seasons in the league. So now he now he's in his 30s. It's like, wow, the, the next generation is going to be, like, like the Tatums and the lucas and the Bookers. Yeah. They're going to be, like, the, the top guys in these playoffs now that we're going to be seeing all the time. And I feel like it's kind of like uh, starting to show up now. Yeah. Kind of getting us ready for it.
0: You forgot the Sextons and the Mobleys. Oh, did I? And the Allens and the Garlands. And, and the
1: THD huh? and Austin Reeves.
2: Uh, <laughs> Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stanley no, Johnson's going to be Kawhi next season. Watch. What was that? That'd Stanley awesome. Johnson's going to be Kawhi next season.
0: Yeah, facts. Actually, nothing to Lamar Stevens, actually. Um, I'm just going to put
2: it out there now. Marco Fultz, the most improved player next season.
0: It's going to be Isaac mm-hmm. Year three, Isaac. Think on that. Mark my word. All right. Anyway, um, but I think that just about wraps it up. I feel like we covered a lot of things. Um, again, sorry again for the leave of absence that we've had for the last, like, two or three weeks, or whatever. I forgot when the last episode aired. But um,
2: it was before the conference finals.
0: Yeah. Um, schedule's getting a little choppy, but, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to make a promise, but I feel like, all right, we're, we're trying our best to come back every Saturday. You know what I mean? Uh, but um, so hopefully, you know, we'll be back this time next Saturday or an hour ago this time next Saturday, whatever. Shut up. But um, Nice. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but regardless of everybody, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it um, for the continued support. If you are listening from Germany right now.
2: Uh, Maxi Kleba is the next
0: yes danke, scheiße, and um, if you're listening from Aruba right now uh, that's great and uh, if you're listening from America there right now sure. that's also great as well but um but seriously though thank you so much for continued support uh, We'll be trying to get back to the grind I know we've been saying that but at the same time like it is summer so theoretically potentially a hypothetical you know what I mean we might be we'd be able to um, but um yeah overall guys can't wait for the rest of the finals um, and yeah I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know, Sean Roy. But uh, if you're listening on Spotify, again, of course, uh, five-star, uh, leave a like, leave a review. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do the same as well. This is on YouTube, drop a like, drop a sub. Um, wherever you are, try to repost, try to share, try to get it popping. But, um, yeah, guys, I think for now, uh, definitely adios. And, gentlemen, I'll let you to sign off.
2: Have a great week. Enjoy the rest of the finals. And – Getting ready for the offseason after that. Never a break in the year. Thanks for,
1: thanks for tuning in. Love you all.
2: Go Lakers.
0: Go Cavs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, guys. Uh, sure, that's crazy. All right, but, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys <laughs> next time. And uh, peace. All right.